Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode. As always, we really appreciate every single one of you listening. It means the world to us. Say hello, Joe. Buenos dias. There we go. We are recording this Sunday morning, a little bit earlier than yeah, we were. Actually, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Hopefully we did, you guys we got did the... Gain, we did gain an hour of sleep, so... Hopefully you guys got the time change, otherwise you guys are going to be showing up at a different time to work in the future. But anyways, we're going to jump right on into it. Uh, a couple box office news, as always. We had the start of the holiday season. Halloween is over, so yeah. winter has come. As it were for the box office in terms of big films coming, there were two big films that dropped this week. We saw one of them. We'll get to that in a minute. Together, yeah. Um, but as far as box office numbers go, maybe a little bit of surprise, maybe not. Bohemian Rhapsody absolutely dominated the box office. $50 million just domestically, and then it got another $90 million internationally. So that's about $140 million, if my math is correct. But the big news for that on Fox's side, it was only a $50 million budget. So it's already made its money back on its first weekend, which is fantastic business for Fox. On the flip side, Disney dropped a little film called Nutcracker and the Four Realms. You did not see it. I'll get into it a little bit later. Very disappointing for Disney. Domestically, it only did about $20 million. Internationally, only $40 million. Again, if my math is correct, we're at 60. But the budget for that film was $120 million. So kind of the opposite of what you thought it'd be. This is probably the third loss for Disney this year. A Wrinkle in Time was a big loss for them. And Solo was a pretty big loss for them as well. So you people wonder why, people ask, why does Disney only do Pixar or sequels or these kind of things based on brands or Marvel or things like that? Because these are those are the guaranteed hits that they're making money on. When they kind of try and venture out onto different platforms and different things, it doesn't mean that people are just going to go buy the ticket because it says Disney on it. So, interesting. Take that for what it is. We have a couple follow-up questions from this week. Thank you for the fan questions. As yeah, always, we really you. appreciate it. We got a question. We've talked a lot about theme parks and experiences and things like that. We haven't really spent too much time on eateries and restaurants and things like that. So, uh, the question we had was, what's your favorite or your best place to eat in either Disneyland, Disney California, or downtown Disney? So, we'll do the combined Southern California. Are there any Disney places you want to eat? That was the question. So, I took it as worldwide. Maybe there was a place in Anaheim that I haven't eaten that I'd want to eat. Joe, I know you have some great answers. I do. So, go ahead and give me... Thanks for asking. Sure. Thanks for following up and doing it. Yep. Give me a uh, give me give me a place in Anaheim that you love to eat that you enjoy eating. It has to be hands down the Blue Bayou. That's that that to me is like the quintessential place to eat. Have you it's, ever had dinner there? Or you only had lunch there? We had we had lunch there, right? And, yeah, and, I just and didn't I, know if you've had dinner there. And I had lunch there as a kid when um, one time with my family. Uh, we did it one time just to try it. Okay. Um, uh, just the ambiance of the place is just incredible. The fact that you're inside the ride, Pirates of the Caribbean. Which is um, your favorite ride. Which is my favorite ride, so it kind of makes sense. They kind of go hand in hand. 
Um, I just remember the food was, was pretty good. The service was amazing. Um, I mean, you can't, it's difficult to go there and not to order the, uh, the Monte Cristo, the Monte Cristo sandwich. Classic. Yes. It's, it's huge. You'd be best not to eat any kind of bread or anything, any sort of appetizer. Best to get an appetizer as a shared and then share the Monte Cristo. Yes. Because again, the Monte Cristo is like 26 bucks in general. But it comes with like, it comes with like three different dipping sauces. One of them is like a raspberry compote. The, uh, and the other is like a icing type thing, and it's just yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely delicious. Um, you know, not the healthiest thing to eat, but when you're when, when you're you in Rome, you got to eat as Romans do. You don't really eat healthy in Disneyland. That's yes. not really a thing. Yeah. We've talked about our diabetes excursions last week. Um, do you have a place that you would want to eat either in Anaheim or either in some Disney park around the world? Yeah, or, um, okay. I mean. I've never really been to Europe, so I mean, I kind of put Disneyland Paris is up there, and there's a actually a, a Captain Jack's Pirates restaurant there too. Interesting. So it's it, I, similar food, sim, similar type food, but I mean, okay. it's you know again the ambiance of the whole Pirates theme. I mean, to me, you can't really go wrong with that, in my opinion. So I mean, I thought I would try it if we ever go there. Um, never been to Europe, and that would be a cool place to go. Yeah. In my opinion. Cool. How about you, buddy? Uh, in Disney, in Anaheim, I'll just say in Anaheim, Disney, my, I would have said, originally I would have said the Blue Bayou. One of the last times I was there, I went to Carthay Circle, which is in Disney, California. We did the the dining package for World of Color, where it was the preset meal and everything. I loved Carthay Circle. It was absolutely gorgeous. For those of you that don't know, Carthay Circle was a, traditionally it was a movie theater. And it was the reason why Disney chose that as a theme for a restaurant. Carthay Circle was the very first movie theater that Snow White and the Seven Dwarves premiered at, like in 1935 or something. So they obviously took a piece of Disney history and made it into a restaurant, which is kind of, again, what Disney does in terms of its theming and things like that. Love the food. I, I Service was great. It's just an amazing interior decor. You're walking through. It's kind of like, what was the Lamplight Lounge? Is that where we went yeah, to? Yeah, Lamplight Lounge. So it's kind of like that, but classic Disney in the sense of there's lots of classic Disney photographs and classic Disney things. It kind of feels like you're in part of a Disney history. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. For me, the eateries in, in Disney, California, again, a lot newer, a lot newer places, things like that. Yeah. So they I serve do alcohol. It, yeah. I, I mean, yes, they do serve alcohol. I'm, I wouldn't say I go there for the alcohol, but you're right. Um, a lot of the places in Disneyland, Disneyland, like the Blue Bayou and things like that, you know, the Red, um, the Red Cafe, things like that, Stage Door Cafe. There are a lot of more classic eateries and things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you get in, in Disney California is a lot more newer. So that's why I chose that. Someone actually tipped me off to this restaurant for a place that I want to eat somewhere in the world. In the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel, it's a Crystal Lotus restaurant. Exclusively for hotel desks, it offers a special dim sum menu. I love dim sum. And it features all of your favorite Disney and Pixar characters. So when I say that, the dim sum actually looks like the characters. They design it and look like the characters. So there was one, like BB-8 is on there. There's like Woody from Toy Story. If you ever just go on the website, the Hong Kong Disneyland website, just look at the restaurant. There's some very, very cool pictures of some very, very cool things. 
So those are our answers. If you guys have a place that you prefer in Disney Anaheim, let us know. If there's a place that we should check out, that we should check out let us know. Maybe we're just missing <clears> things. <throat> there are so many food options, of course, in Disney Anaheim, just in Disney, Disney California, downtown Disney, Disneyland. And oftentimes you and I tend to go to the same places just because we have a routine. But it's always good to check things out. So if there's something new, let us know. I will say... Best popcorn I ever have is in Disneyland. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. It's probably just the experience. I remember eating popcorn as a the kid. Churros, the churros are good too. The churros are very good. I remember as a kid eating popcorn in Disneyland. So maybe that's maybe what brings it back. But I love popcorn in general. And popcorn Disneyland is it's hard to beat. Next, we have a, a question. This is a follow-up question from last week where Joe kind of brought it up. Who is your favorite actor or actress? We don't have to have a a long debate about this, but I'm always interested to hear what your thoughts are. Do you have? I do have. Sure. Feel free to Um, give me one. I have a couple. One is at the top of the list. Give me whatever you have. One is at the top of the list. Um, That would have to be the great, the one and only Leo DiCaprio. Sure. He is by far, in my opinion, the best actor of my generation, um, in my opinion, um, if you look at some of the some of the uh, Goliath movies that he's done, he's gotten recognized. He hasn't necessarily won the Oscars, but he's he's gotten nominated. Um, he finally got the breakthrough with the Revenant. Yeah, I mean, with the Revenant, yes. Um, but it's just he has such a long list of movies that he's been in. Um, don't I mean? And I'm just talking about his his. His uh, his talent. I'm not really talking about his political beliefs or anything like that. Like we're just talking about specifically his talent. I mean, you go from Titanic, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, The Basketball Diaries, to you know Blood Diamond, to The Aviator, to Wolf of Wall, Wolf Street. Of Wall Street. I mean, there's yeah. just just the list is just yeah. endless. His filmography is unquestionably yes. amazing. Um, that's just my. That would be my number one pick. Um, a very distant second, but also very good, would be Tom Hanks, in my opinion. Okay. Um, those are my choices. Cool. But um, I, I mentioned this last week. You like Harrison Ford? I do like Harrison Ford. Again, part of it is the films he's been in. He's been in a lot of franchises. Again, Blade Runner, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan. A lot of that stuff is stuff that, that I grew up on. Um, so it's very nostalgic for me. So maybe, you know, franchises, things like that, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, excuse me. I, I did write, put down Johnny Depp as well. Again, a lot of what I liked early on as a film goer would be like Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood and things like that. And that's where I kind of got the love for Tim Burton as well. Not just Johnny Depp, but that's kind of carried on. You know, Pirates, for the for, for the most part, for him, have been great. Um, I'm looking forward to him in Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. I think that could be a a bounce back for him in a sense, but yeah, let us know if there's a favorite actor or actress that you guys have. Um, we'd love to hear that. And we'd love to go over that on the show next week and chat you guys yeah, out for as sure. well. For sure. Um, a little bit of news before we jump into the reviews. I only wrote down one piece of news. This is not a surprise as it were, but we hinted about this before. Yeah. The Boba Fett film is officially, officially dead per Kathleen Kennedy. You a big Boba Fett fan, Joe? Where you're just kind of like, you know? I don't know. I think based on the fact that Solo, did, that the movie Solo, mm-hmm. uh, didn't wasn't really a huge hit at the box office. I think they're kind of pumping the brakes here. And sure. 
taking a step back to rethink about their strategy in terms of these off, you know, these off, off market films, these yeah. spinoff films, the anthology films, yeah, the as anthology they call films. Um, so we'll see. I mean, who knows if they're if we're going to have an Obi Wan Kenobi movie? Who knows about that still? But right. I think that would have a bigger success than a Boba Fett film. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I um, um, like I said, not surprised. Yeah, I, again, I think a lot of it is waiting to see how Episode Nine does. I think that's a massive, obviously one of the more massive tent poles on the schedule next year, Episode Nine, and, and how much. Disney and Lucasfilm is putting the stock into that. Um, if that film kind of bounces back, not just financially, but critically as well, then Lucasfilm could be back on their way. Again, they have Indiana Jones five in the pipeline, which is a Lucasfilm thing. Um, but again, part of it also, I think for Boba Fett, especially is, is the TV show. So Boba Fett is a, is a bounty hunter. Um, we've talked about the Mandalorian a little bit on the Disney streaming service. Those are all based on Fets and bounty hunters. So that could potentially be a reason why they've already said Boba Fett won't be in the Mandalorian, but there will be other Fets and other bounty hunters in the show, which is what the show will follow. So I'm okay with that. I wasn't necessarily huge on Boba Fett. I know in the expanded universe and things like that, just kind of like a lot of things like Star Wars, the character kind of gets blown up in people's minds and things like that. And it's almost hard to it's almost hard to pay justice to the character if someone builds it up in their head to be this most amazing thing. And you always can't you can't always what's the best way to say? You can't always live up to people's expectations yeah. or yeah. you know. The script that someone writes in their mind is never gonna be as good as the script that comes to screen as it were. Yeah. So and I think that's what happened with The Last Jedi as well. But anyways, we did see some films this week, Joe. You and I did see Bohemian Rhapsody on Friday night. We didn't really talk about it so much no, after the film. I was afraid to. Uh, okay, I'm afraid to. That's fine. Um, go ahead and give me. Let's go ahead and give me your overall thoughts. Again, non-spoilers. We'd love for you guys to kind of experience these on your own. Um, and everyone's opinion is certainly their own opinion, but. Um, we're here on a podcast discussion, so we want to hear your guys' yep. thoughts. So go ahead and give me your overall thoughts, Joe, and then if there's any specific questions I have, I'll follow up. Um, I thought it was a really, really good movie. I very much enjoyed it. I'm, I'm kind of a huge Queen fan. I'm not a huge Queen fan, but I'm they're, one, they're at least in my top, I don't want to say 25 groups that I enjoy. It's a big, it's a big list. Okay, but I mean, in terms of like... In terms of musicians, okay, I do. I've I. There are many groups that I've kind of picked up on as as I've grown older, and Queen has been one of them. And so I've grown to appreciate them and their music. They're definitely off the beaten path, and I thought this movie did a good job of portraying them. It was kind of a. It centered mostly around Freddie Mercury, who who was the lead singer and kind of his story and how he came to be the lead singer of queen. And, you know, like the, the trials and tribulations of the, of the band, you know, I mean, obviously this isn't, it's loosely based on history. Who knows how, how much it was tied to history, but I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was really good. Um, I enjoyed it as a fan of the band. Um, I imagine based on some responses that I've read from you that you didn't think it was all that great. Um, because in my mind, I don't think you're a huge fan of the band. And I think that that plays a huge role in terms of 
how much one enjoys the film or not. Um, what responses did you read of mine? I read it on Facebook. Oh, we were talking Facebook. to Paul. You were like, oh. shout out to Paul. I hope he's listening. Uh, but you responded to Paul and you said, oh, meh. And, and so that kind of made me think, you know, like I, I, I knew that you weren't a huge fan of the film because you left twice during the movie, you, you know, to refill your popcorn or get a or get into the soda. large popcorn. You get in, or, that or get into the soda. I mean, like in in a movie that you're engaged in, I've never seen you leave your seat. So I mean, I kind I kind of suspected that, but just my opinion. I thought it was a good movie. I I give it a B. Um, I there are some there are some uh criticisms i have of the film but i don't want really want to spoil the film okay so i don't want to go into detail as to the reasons why i didn't particularly care for certain some scenes. some nitpicks you have would be plot wise or acting choices no or? no 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 not acting choices at all i okay. thought i thought the acting choices were great romy malik was actually amazing He's awesome he was actually very very good yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated for a best actor yeah um no in terms of the plot there were a couple of scenes where I was kind of like, eh, this really isn't really, this is kind of long. Okay. Um, like it's kind of, this is, this is kind of drawn out. I don't want to go into detail about what those scenes were, or what was happening in terms of context of the movie, because I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil it. Okay. But there was, there were certain scenes where I felt like I was, it was kind of dragging on. Um, okay. The acting I thought was great. Um, story was a little, the story was the story itself was pretty plain um, in terms of uh, like I mean I know you mentioned I know that I know one of your criticisms of it is that it doesn't take any risks and that it didn't really kind of it kind of tells like a cookie cutter cookie cutter story that's the, that's that would be a criticism that I have of the film but because I have such a nostalgia for the group I kind of overlook those flaws okay um, that's fair just enough. my yeah, I, I don't think I'm. I'm certainly not as big of a fan of the music as you are. So I definitely think that that plays a part. Uh, for me, uh, I think you're right in terms of the story. It, it didn't give a lot of depth to the characters. It uh, the first two thirds of the film felt like just a chronology of their songs, and it's like, okay, now we're doing this album, and this album has this song, and now we're gonna do "We Will Rock You," and we're gonna do this little cute little bit where we're all in the studio and we're clapping our feet and. You know, Freddie Mercury, I'm not a huge fan of Queen, but everyone knows who Freddie Mercury is. Like the demons that he did dealt with in his life. Like a lot of true, what you want to call genius artists. And, you know, I think they only touched a little bit of what that could potentially be. It, it, it felt basic. The story felt basic. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's certainly not a top 10 film for me. I understand why critics didn't necessarily hold on to it. But I could see why fans liked it. I mean, it had the music. Every time the songs came on, you know, people in the audience were clapping and people were enjoying it. They were clapping. You know, Joe was tapping his feet next to me. You could hear that? (laughs) Yeah, it was obvious. But you weren't the only one. People were doing it. People liked it. People enjoyed it. Um, You know, I went into it thinking it was going to be more of an in-depth story of who these people were. We didn't really get anything on the other band members. One of them was supposed to be a dentist. One of them was supposed to be a scientist or an astrophysicist, or whatever it was. Um, you know, it just it kind of just went on a chronology of events. It didn't really deeply explore the story or kind of what went behind them. And it's like, okay, there's this random guy who's Freddie Mercury's manager who kind of helps break up the band, and then 
we break up for 20 minutes and now we're back together. And now we're going to do the concert that we teased since the beginning. You're, you're just ruined the movie. No, everyone knows Live Aid. Everyone knows the story of Freddie well, Mercury. That's I not... Did. I did. Live Aid's like the biggest... Live Aid was like when they came back. Like that was... Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you ever look up Live Aid, it's like the biggest concert ever in the world. Um, it was viewed by like billions and billions of people. Largest concert ever. Um, Queen was by far and away the star of Live Aid. And that was surprising because at the time they weren't the hip band at that point. There were other bands like the Beatles and Bob Dylan and things like that that were much huger. Um, So Live Aid is definitely a part of the story. And we knew that from the first frame of the film, it goes to Live Aid as well. And then it's told kind of in flashback form. Not a bad film. uh, Not a film that I'm looking to to revisit anytime soon. But uh, Remy Malek, like you said, I thought was great. Uh, Did very well. Um, But people seem to like it. People went out in droves to see it. I'm interested to see the drop-off again with other films coming out next week. But um, for Fox, this is a huge win for Fox in terms of numbers and box office. And um, they took somewhat of a risk in telling the story and, you know, it paid off. It paid off for the studio. So shout out to them. If you enjoyed the film, great. If you didn't, that's okay as well. Um, the next film, uh, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, you didn't get a chance to see this, unfortunately. I chose not to see you it. You chose not to see it. I was trying to give you a way out, even though in theory you should be seeing these films. You Why? chose not to. Just to have an opinion, to go out and to review so, things. I'd rather watch Paint Dry. No. Um, you'd probably be watching the same thing. Um, the film was a miss, was a miss for me. It's, um, it was gorgeous to look at in terms of setting, in terms of production value. Uh, it, the story just never took off. It was very basic of a story. Um, I've seen the Nutcracker, the ballet before. It 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 just felt like a really weird story to adapt into a full length motion picture. And you tried to change things. And Kiera Knightley had this weird accent that was kind of like like a mouse, like a pipsqueak. And every time she talked, unfortunately, it just felt awkward and forced. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a holiday film, so it could potentially have some legs to go further on. But again, the other big holiday film, The Grinch, opened next weekend. And if that's any good in terms of critical score, um, that could swallow up the Nutcracker whole, basically. Um, both films... No pun intended. No pun intended. Um, you know, there were some... Morgan Freeman was in the film for like two minutes. Oh, really? You know, it just wasn't... I mean, he was he was Dunselmeyer, so he's the guy that well, creates... I don't know. I have no idea what So he is. creates the Nutcracker. So it follows the girl, um, Mackenzie Foy, who goes into the Nutcracker, the Four Realms, and then it kind of tells that story. Um, you know, I mean, both films this weekend, not well-received by critics. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody was much more well-received by audiences, which, again, is not surprising. You know, if you weren't necessarily a huge fan of Queen, you probably didn't necessarily seek it out. But if you were a fan of Queen, you probably sought it out and you probably enjoyed it for the reasons that Joe mentioned above. Um, interesting films next weekend. The Grinch, which I know Joe is not excited about. It's just the um, same thing. Okay. It's just, just an opinion, Joe. All right. And then uh, the, girls with the dra- Girl with the Dragon's Tattoo, which I know Joe is probably not going to go see. We've already gone over that. Um, we have. Thank you for that. Uh, follow up um, TV shows that's all we have for that TV show news and recommendations a couple little TV notes here as well following on from the success of Star Wars Resistance which is on Disney XD now there will be a new Lego Star Wars series on Disney XD 
Disney XD. It will be a four-episode event starting November 10th, which is next Saturday night. Um, they're going to tell... There have been Lego Star Wars before on Disney XD. They've kind of just... Oh, they have. They have. They've just... They've been little, you know, 30-minute shorts and things like that. They kind of retell stories or things like that. They're aimed for younger kids. This will be reportedly aimed for general audiences. Interested in seeing it, Joe? Um, If I DVR it and you happen to run across it. I mean, I know... I'd rather see the Lego movies than the Lego TV show. Have you ever seen a Lego movie? think so no. okay that's fine um <laughs> i would say you would like lego batman though it's funny okay. lego batman is funny and it does a lot of puns on the batman mythos and things like i do that. like puns um so that's interesting but i know that people there are a lot of people that do like star wars resistance out there so disney is kind of going full ahead with more star wars stories obviously with this and then with the mandalorian next year as well <clears throat> a little bit of news for one of TV's longest-running characters and TV's longest-running shows, Apu has reportedly been quietly written off The Simpsons. So, Apu, of course, is the clerk from the 7-Eleven, the Quickie Mart-type store, who was voiced by Hank Azaria. Um, when you know The Simpsons came out 20-plus years ago, it wasn't necessarily a huge deal in terms of... Well, it was, but it wasn't necessarily brought to mainstream media's attention now obviously in the day and age of 2018 having a white male voice this character which is not necessarily you know has given way to tons of stereotypes there was a documentary last year that came out about it what's the problem with the poo which was a documentary yeah it was by an indian filmmaker i don't know his name to be honest unfortunately um but it went and part of it was a discussion with other Indian, uh, American Indian actors um, who, you know, talked about the stereotype that they had to face growing up with Apu kind of as the only, you know, representation of what uh, an, a, native, an Indian person living in America is. Do you have any thoughts on it, Joe? Or you don't really watch The Simpsons overall? No, I mean... Because you have watched some episodes, though. I would say that there are... I mean, we are in the age of, I would say in, in the last couple of years, we are in the age of politically correct um, characters, politically correct stories, politically correct plots. Um, things have certainly changed um, in terms of what is now deemed appropriate on TV, um, The Simpsons is definitely one of the one of the original. TV shows that was kind of off color, uh-huh. as it were. Um, I I don't think this is necessarily a big deal that they wrote him off. Um, in terms of like, like I understand why they're doing it if that's what they're doing it if that's what they're doing and that's why they're doing it. I understand that. Um, at the same time, I mean, you have other TV shows such as Family Guy that are very much politically incorrect shows Sure, that people watch. That's, that's what makes them, that's that what people gets their, watch. their audience, that's what their fan base. Um, I mean, that's just my thoughts on it. I mean, okay. I, I think, I think, I think we live in it. I think the, the time period is such where, um, 
certain things are inappropriate to joke about and things, certain things are inappropriate to poke fun at. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that's necessarily right or wrong? I'm not going to have an opinion on that. Um, you know, we aren't really a political show, but um, do I think this is this is a surprise? No, I don't think it's a surprise. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit later well, with guess, with yeah. Disney. Um, you know, with some other notes that we have. You know, Disney now potentially taking over control of The Simpsons. This could be a move there as well, or it could just be a long time coming. You know, I, I don't know. Um, as someone who is not Indian, it's hard for me to to judge or understand what that stereotype represents. Um, you know, it's it's a safe move. It's a smart move. It's you know, even Hank Azaria has come out and said. You know, Hank Azaria 10 years ago went out and said it was fine. Now, in this day and age, he's said, you know, it's probably something we should revisit and rethink about. But, you know, if you guys have any thoughts, obviously let us know. Please keep your thoughts PG. We don't necessarily want to be a political show, but we do want you guys to to have opinions as well. We followed up, um, had some news a little while ago that Marvel studios is going to partner with the disney streaming service to plan some shows one of those shows was scarlet witch which joe actually had an interest in he liked the character i remember you said that before um i did you did verbatim you said it was a show that interested you um someone vision may join scarlet witch in said show again these are going to be limited series is this one off series actors yeah interesting yeah, we talked about that last time. So Elizabeth Olsen is Scarlet Witch. Vision is, of course, played by Paul Bettany, who could join Vision, who could join Scarlet Witch in the film or the TV series. Excuse me. They obviously have some sort of romantic connection that we learned in Infinity War. We don't really know if this is set before the events of Infinity War. We don't really know anything about that. They are also planning, and this this TV series gets me a little bit more excited. Is Winter Soldier and Falcon. Um, again, those follow on from the Captain America films, and that's kind of Captain America's entourage. So those films interest me a little bit more. Of those two, Joe, do you have an opinion on which one you would prefer to watch, or would you just say it's TV I'm just not going to watch? I love how you put it so bluntly. Uh, I mean, well, right I here. Just, I, 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 I'm not, you've already, we've already established my reasons for not watching TV. Okay. Um, I, so of those two. Of these two, the one that interests me the most is probably the Winter Soldier and Falcon show. Simply Interesting. Be, simply because, um, I mean, I think they hinted at some sort of romantic interest with Vision and Scarlet Witch, but... I thought you'd I be think, more interested in the Scarlet Witch Vision show because of Paul Bettany. That's what I I do like Paul like. Bettany, but I... The romantic interest kind of turns me off. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, It also is that time of the month where we do uh, TV show recommendations. This is a category we may stop in the future. Perhaps. Because Joe is just struggling to find TV shows. I am. I am. You can't even make stuff up at this point. Well, I'm not going to lie. Sure. Uh, You want to lie? Uh, Joe, give me a TV show that, that okay. you've watched or that you have an opinion on. This, and we don't need to rehash why you don't watch TV. Okay, that's fine. Um, 
Um, there is a TV show that we tend to watch occasionally, besides Ballers, obviously. And you kind of recommended that I mention this TV show. Um, it is a TV show. It's not really related to Fanboy. It is a TV show. It's, it's, it, it is a TV show. Um, and that is highly questionable uh, with uh, Poppy. Shout out oh, to Poppy. Dan Levitard show. Dan Le- yeah. The Dan Levitard show. Highly questionable. Uh, it's. I think it's very funny. Like the fact that he has his dad on and his dad makes fun of him. And they make fun of each other. And they kind of go over sports and they kind of laugh and poke fun at things. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's hilarious. Like I can't get enough of it. Um, so the format is what? It's just, uh, it's just, they, they, they talk about it's, it's, it's similar to other, the other ESPN shows and that they talk about stories for, from sports. Um, you know, the daily sports recap in terms of, you know, what's happening just with and, a different twist. Yeah. Right? With a different twist because it's Dan Levitari and his father, Poppy, who just kind of he probably just does the most ridiculous things. Like he answers the phone and it's a banana sitting on his sitting on a, a fruit bowl. Um, he pretends it's a phone. I mean, it's just like he just does the funniest things. Like he just it's just he's he's so like he's he's just so silly. It's hard not to laugh. You know, he'll pretend that he's talking to some bookie about the game tonight, and he's saying, "Oh, this guy's gonna do really well." It's like a guy you've never heard of, and. Right. It's just it's 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 very very funny. Like if I had to pick one show that I would watch regularly on a daily basis, that would be it. And it's on. It's on ESPN. Okay, so you can yeah. get it on the Watch ESPN app or the ESPN Plus yeah. app as well. Yeah, uh, it's a good show. I watch it as well, almost on a daily basis. It's recorded. Uh, it's a good way for me to get my sports fix in. Yeah, on a daily plus basis. a little humor. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great choice, Joe. Uh, a couple shows that I wrote down. I tried to make up for Joe's. Lack, Lack of shows. Yes. Um, I wrote I wrote Kidding, which is on season one on Showtime. It's oh, is the, that the Jim Carrey It's one? the Jim Carrey show. Was it good? It's very, very good. It's still going now. It's only seven seven or eight episodes in right now. It's about a half an hour show. Um, is it, that on Amazon? It's on Showtime. Showtime. It's on okay. Showtime. Um, and it's, he plays this character who's almost like a Mr. Rogers type of character. Okay. Where he kind of runs this kind of kids TV show. Um, but he's kind of going through a midlife crisis at the same time. Like his kids, one of his kids passed, um, he's going through a divorce and, you know, so it's kind of a lot of inner conflict about kind of what his message and how he feels, how that gets translated into media. Then it also deals a lot with like merchandising and things like that in the sense of he started the show for kids to have a voice and things like that. But now you know, quote unquote, the giant side of it in terms of big business is kind of taking over and selling it. And he doesn't want that because that's kind of against what he wants and things like that. It's an interesting show. It's worth a watch. It's only eight episodes, seven or eight episodes in right now. How long are those episodes? That's about half an hour. Okay. Yeah, it's a half an hour show. It's pretty good. I wrote down Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan season five just started. I love Ray Donovan, the show. Uh, Liev Schreiber stars as Ray Donovan. It's fantastic. I'm not going to recap all four and a half seasons at this point. Um, but it's a fantastic show. I also wrote down Castlevania, which is on Netflix right now. Season two just dropped. These are only, there's only 12 episodes total. I believe from both seasons, it's kind of a half an hour kind of gothic type of horror type story. Uh, it's interesting. Richard Armitage voices Dracula. Richard Armitage was the lead Hobbit in the Hobbit. Not uh, not Bilbo, but the other one, whoever was in charge of the uh, 
the mountain escape. I, I couldn't tell you the Hobbit's name, but regardless. Um, so those are the shows wait, that I'm watching. Wait, 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 what? So not Bilbo. So Bilbo Baggins is the, the yeah, lead Bilbo in the Baggins, Hobbit. No, he plays – oh, which, which other Hobbit are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about um, the one that is like king of the Hobbits in terms of like – he when when they get to the Misty Mountain, he's the one that puts on the crown and becomes. Oh, he's king. not a hobbit; he's a dwarf. A dwarf. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank okay. you. Thank sorry. you. No, no, no. You're right. That you was... confused me because Bilbo Baggins is played in both movies, so I was confused. As yeah, to... no, you're right. That's yeah, a he's, good. He's he's the, he's the he's the king of the dwarfs. That's a good catch. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, okay. people would have been confused. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, if there's a TV show that you guys are watching, obviously let us know. Joe is always looking for recommendations. Yes, please. Um, apparently, all of my recommendations he does not choose to they watch. They fall by the wayside. So uh, we'll probably be here same time next month struggling to get through this segment again. Um, but anyways, <laughs> discussion topic. Uh, good stuff. Um, I had written, I had read some articles on this. We had talked a little bit about Deadpool 2 as being released as a PG-13 film. Thoughts are still, I think you and I both still don't necessarily, aren't necessarily huge on this. No. In terms of the idea, you still haven't seen Deadpool 2. No. In general. Um, someone, a, you know, a theory that's a prevailing theory in terms of popular popularity across the internet is Disney is potentially behind the retooling of Deadpool 2. Um, one, you know, if it fails... It's still under the Fox banner, still under the Fox Marvel banner, so they could say, "Oh, it's a one-off, and it doesn't really work," Wait, and things I'm like that. This is this is just the re the, the re- recut or whatever you want to call it, the retooling, the resale. They're they're going to sell because it's already been out, right? But so dead. So right, like we remember before, the yeah, yeah, PG thirteen yeah. version will be in theaters oh, during Christmas. It'll oh, be like not a just releasing it on DVD. No, they're 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 oh, they're putting it in theaters. So dumb. Because they moved. Remember, we had yeah, that yeah, yeah. that whole shift of Dark yeah, Phoenix yeah. moved all the way to summer. Yeah. Alita Battle Angel moved out. So Fox had that date okay. during Christmas where like, hey, we're just going to put Deadpool Why two there. They do the same. They it's were not- told that it's it's you know Ryan Reynolds has this idea and they they've already reshot some scenes and they're going to kind of do some touches up on the story and things like that. If this is if this is a success to an extent that people like it, this could be a way for Disney to incorporate Deadpool into the MCU. Oh yeah. Um yeah. again, that's just a thought. Yeah. That makes know, sense. From a standpoint of what Fox owns of Marvel, the only thing that I believe that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios actually want is Deadpool. I don't think they want the X-Men right now, or at least in this current incarnation. They'll let Dark Phoenix play it out next summer, let them finish that story, and then they'll probably be done with those actors. Again, those actors will be on their third or fourth film anyways. Fourth. So they probably will. Well, some of them haven't done all four films. Like Sophie Turner hasn't done all four films oh, and yeah. things like that. But I understand what you're saying. Um, any any thoughts on this? We've kind of gone over your thoughts on Deadpool two in general. It's not. It's not. I mean, yeah. It's just I'm not a huge fan of sequels, but in, in terms of them re-releasing the film, mm-hmm. I it seems redundant. Sure. I mean, it was it that good of a movie? It was good. I mean, I, it, would it, you watch it again in the theater, a PG thirteen version? I don't. I don't have an interest, especially with all the other stuff coming out yeah. in December. You know, if it comes out and, and if it comes out and critics and people are like, oh, my God, this is so much funnier than the first one. How would it be more funny? 
I, I haven't seen it, John. I don't know. I'm just, no, just you know. That just seems like it's one of those where it's like I'll wait and see. That and seems if people like an oxymoron. How does it seem like an oxymoron? Because like you and people, okay. Things where people can swear and whatnot tend to be more funny, I think. Than I mean, you like a lot of those funny movies where there's, where there's, you know, you like super bad and the night before and mm-hmm. you know uh, the 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 world is at an end. This is the end. Mm-hmm. Those are all rated R movies. If there was PG thirteen, it wouldn't be that funny. I don't mm-hmm. think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the idea of retooling it. Um, apparently, they feel like it's they they have a clever way. A part of it is. You know, a chance to potentially milk some more out of the film financially. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll have this, to see. this current iteration of, of X-Men is is good. Um, it's certainly not the legacy of the first X-Men cast, I don't think. Um, so, you know, of the, the current iteration of X-Men, Deadpool is by far the one that has stood out for several reasons. One, because simply the first Deadpool was a different film. It was a different type of superhero film. And I think Deadpool 2 did a good job of of carrying that on, and it kind of continued the story of it. Um, Is Disney behind it? You know, who knows? They officially can't take over until January 1st. It's kind of what they said right at the beginning of 2019. Um, So technically, they're not supposed to be in collaboration in any sense. But you'd have to think that there's some back-channeling going on. I mean, there has to be some sort of calls or, you know, because people know that some people are going to lose their jobs and things like that. And, you know, you would be, I don't know, yeah, to say that there hasn't been any communication about, you know, Fox's slate coming up and things like that. And, you know, how Disney's going to incorporate it and all those things. So if you have any thoughts, let us know, guys. Um... Love to hear you guys' thoughts as well. We're going to end, as always, on some theme theme park information. This is Joe's favorite part of the show every Sunday. It's your favorite part of the show. It's yours, though, because you just get your eyes just light up whenever we talk about this stuff. Really? Really. Uh, Just like that right there. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to this tease. That's what I'm looking forward to. Sure. I built it up. You did. From one one line, and you just can't wait to hear. You're right. I am. I wonder what it is. So before we get into all of that, it's someone's birthday, Joe. Yep. Um, It is. The Mouse House. Yeah. It is Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday, apparently, this week, um, this month, whatever it is. Um, ABC. Tonight actually airs a 90th birthday special for Mickey Mouse where celebrities, actors, and things like that, and I'm sure Bob Iger uh, will come out and they will. there will be some musical performances and there will be some retelling of the significance of Mickey Mouse and things like that and what it means and all that stuff. Did you know, Joe, I'm sure you know this because you're a, a Disney person, that Mickey Mouse was not the first creation of Walt Disney. Oh, I knew that. It was Oswald. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oswald it was just was, the most popular. It was the most popular. Yeah, so yeah. before before Walt Disney even I, created... I had heard that. Before Walt Disney even created Mickey Mouse, he created Oswald. And it was not going very well in terms of financial. So he sold the rights to Oswald to a rivaling production company. 
And then about five years ago, Bob Iger and Disney actually bought back the rights to Oswald, the character, not necessarily to make a film, but just to kind of have it in their lexicon. And now there's Oswald things, especially in Disney California. There's some Oswald throwbacks as well. I don't remember what Oswald was. He's like a mouse, but he's just got the long, or kind of like a rat type of thing. Oh, okay. He wears the blue pants. He's got the long droopy ears. Okay. You'll, you'll, you, you'd recognize it yeah. if you saw it. But because it is Mickey Mouse's birthday in honor of Mickey Mouse, do you have a favorite moment or memory of Mickey Mouse? This could be... You know, TV, film, if you met Mickey Mouse as a kid, if that was your favorite memory? No, not really in terms of meeting him. I just, something came to mind. Um, as a kid, when I used to grow up, when when I grew up, um, we had a lot of things on VHS, mm-hmm. which was the, you know, the, the, the cassette tapes. For, for the, those young, yeah. not young listeners out there yeah. that don't know what a VHS is. Yeah, it's basically just a, uh, yeah, anyway, a cassette tape for the, for the VCR. Um which played movies. Yeah. Um, but I used to watch the Mickey, uh, Mickey Christmas special. Yeah. Mickey Christmas girl. Or the special. It was the special. It wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't the Christmas story. Okay. With Mickey mouse. It was like a special where they had all the characters and they were like, I remember there was one scene where goofy's like going down this, uh, this big ski jump and whatnot. Okay. It was just, it was just a whole, you know, it was, it was, it was a special, it was a conglomerate of all the characters. Like little shorts and yeah, stuff? Yeah, little shorts and okay. things like that. Those, and I just vividly remember watching that as a kid. Interesting. Um, over and over, you know, around Christmas time, it was kind of like the thing to do. Okay. Um, cool. That would, that would be my memory of Mickey Mouse when I first was introduced to him. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was it. Okay. <laughs> How about you, buddy? Um, I, I, so I don't remember actually meeting Mickey Mouse the first time, but my mom has some pictures of me with Mickey Mouse when I was a little kid, which are kind of cool. Those are kind of things I'd want to keep. The kind of piggybacking on yours unknowingly, I put Mickey's Christmas Carol, actually, because we are kind of in that season. So there is a, a Mickey's Christmas Carol where Mickey is... Uh, Bob Cratchit. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge McDuck is Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrooge McDuck is um, Ebenezer Scrooge. Is Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, this is, I, when, that, this is that was part of it. I think that might was, have been part of it. It was part of like the yeah. It's only a twenty minute. Yeah, 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 thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Goofy is is um, Fezziwig or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's little thing again. We're in that that's that kind of get into that Christmas season, and that's one of the. When you watch, I'll have to sit down. And yeah, sit it's, I, I'm sure I. I Record that every year. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my favorite Mickey Mouse film. You mentioned this before that you'd like to see a, a new film based on Mickey Mouse. We haven't seen that in a while except for some of the direct, direct-to-video direct releases, which you and I don't necessarily watch. They are creating the ride in uh, Walt Disney World where it's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway House or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway something. Um, we'll actually go into some details about that next week. Um just to bring that up, because they are creating a new ride on it. At D23 in 2017, they announced it, and it was, you know, there have been so many attractions and so many things in all the Disney parks around the world, but there's never been a ride based on Mickey Mouse. Um, so they are going to do this ride, uh, which will be very cool, but that will only be in Disney World, unfortunately, because there's just nowhere to build in Disneyland, because yep. there's just so little space left. Um 
some other news we have some other notes excuse me we haven't heard anything from universal studios in a while universal studios on november 6th this coming week will be stranger things days based on the netflix show um november 6th is a very significant to the show in general i'm not going to go into it if you haven't watched okay. the show but they're going to kind of continue on show? yeah i love stranger things it's good there's two seasons so far. yeah watch it Duffer Brothers, Winona Ryder, David Harbour. It's all good. Um, Stranger Things Day, I don't know necessarily everything that's going to encompass. Again, this will only be in Orlando. It will not be in Burbank. Um, They're going to have apparently a special maze, which is kind of what they do for Universal Nights of Horror, where they have corn mazes and things like that. Where they have different themed mazes. This will be a Stranger Things maze as well. Something I probably wouldn't want to go on, but... You know, there it is. Um, very popular show, obviously. I haven't recommended it, but it's a good show. I think people would like it. Some other notes to follow up on from some other rides we've talked about. The Ratatouille ride, the ride construction has begun at Disney World's Epcot Studios, which is very cool. Again, you could check out kind of images and things like that. Stills. Stills. You can also check out a ride view from the Disneyland Paris version. It's going to be the same exact ride it's going to be on a trackless ride system, so it looks very, very cool. A lot of Disneyland Paris and Disneyland Hong Kong are on How trackless. How is it a trackless ride? So uh, I don't know all the specifics, but the bottom, the ground is magnetic or something, and then the bottom of your hovercraft or your ride vehicle is magnetic, and the magnet from underneath the floor just kind of drags you along. Like you don't jump on a track. Like an almost. Oh. Sorry about that, guys. And the Disneyland, um, or Disney, what I'm trying to say, Disney Paris and Disney Hong Kong, almost all the rides are trackless because it's like brand new technology. So the magnet underneath the floor kind of drags you along, so it looks very cool. So there's no tracks. The track hardly ever breaks down because it's all magnet. Again, when Disneyland was built, things like that, it was built years and years ago, and that was the best technology mm-hmm. available. Uh, the newer parks have a lot of the newer ride systems, things like that. So that's interesting. Cool. Um, the ride will be ready by 2022, which will also be Epcot's 50th anniversary. Um, it will also be around the same time as the aforementioned Guardians roller coaster at Epcot, which Joe is looking forward to. That would be cool. I was thinking 2021 for Disney World 2020 or 2021 for Disney World. We might spend like a week there. Yeah. We, we definitely are. Uh, we might have to push it all the way back to 2022 okay. just so I can experience Ratatouille because that is one of my favorite Movies. Pixar films of all time. Uh, some follow-up from Disneyland or Disney California and Pixar Pier. One of the key ingredients, Pixar Pier, we, you and I went to. Um, they had finished to a certain extent, but there were still some things that they were working on. Pixar Pier finally has Luxo which is the Pixar lamp, which you see in all of the introductions to Pixar films and Pixar shorts and things like that. The lamp oversees the Pixar pier sign. So when you walk into the pier, you'll see, you know, before it was Paradise Pier, now it says Pixar pier. There's Lux of the lamp is on top of the sign, and it apparently moves. And at night, when the light is on, it kind of moves and shines its light, just kind of like it does when it kind of does the walkthrough where it just kind of moves and things like that, which will be very cool. Pixar Pier obviously still has the Inside Out ride that they're working on, which won't open until next year. 
But for the most part, Pixar Pier is mostly done at this point. The biggest, or one of the newest ones is obviously the Incredicoaster, which is the big thing they pushed this summer, you know, which obviously makes sense because they had The Incredibles 2 come out, which you and I both enjoyed yeah. as well. My birthday's coming up if anybody wants to get me The Incredibles 2 on Blu-ray, just saying. Um, anyways, are you ready for this, Jim? Yeah, I'm ready. I feel like I, I feel like my one sentence kind of blew this out of proportion, but I'm not really sure why. Okay. Um, so this is a, a segment that I've been thinking about or a, a topic that I've been thinking about for a while. A lot of you guys actually really respond to the theme park news and theme park information. You guys like that stuff. But you had also asked for some random news or maybe some history on rides or secrets or things like that. So this is going to be kind of a oh, little test. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? No, I thought I thought you were going to talk about something. But go ahead. Continue. Okay. Um, we can ask me in a second yeah. if it's not what you think. Um so we might do that. I might assign maybe the history of a ride or urban legends or things like that, which will be cool. There was an article that came out recently from the New York Times about this specific thing. Okay. Um, Disneyland and Disney World apparently is the largest place. How do I say this? Is the, I should have written this down before. It's the largest place where people dump family members or beloved members ashes. In the entire world. Okay. Um, a little freaky, a little creepy. The two most popular rides where people dump beloved ones' ashes are, do you have a guess? How about spread their ashes? Sure, spread their ashes. their ashes. Sure. Um, do you want to guess what those two rides are? One of them should be obvious, this right? It's kind of grotesque. Okay, I mean, it's an urban... It's where? A where? Haunted Mansion, which makes sense, and then Pirates of the Caribbean. So... The way people apparently get them in, they could put the ashes in pill bottles. And apparently this happens a lot because it has interviews from Disney employees, Disney current employees. Especially in the Haunted Mansion during the graveyard, they're spread out almost all over. People just kind of randomly dump it kind of on the track. I'm not making this up. You can check out the article for yourself. It's a really weird thing. But... Every night, they obviously clean the attraction, and every day, they find new ashes throughout the ride, so they just basically vacuum up the ashes. So you may think that you're doing your family members some great service or whatever. Maybe that's where they want their final resting place to be and the happiest place on Earth, but they really just kind of get swept up in a vacuum at some point during the day and night, and they kind of get tossed. So maybe some people will be disappointed in that. But I thought that was kind of interesting. That's a cool word. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that I would have guessed per se, but it's, um, you know, it makes sense. People want to be buried in the happiest place on earth and people want uh, to honor their loved one's wishes and things like that. Favorite attractions. Apparently it's good. Apparently it gets dumped a lot in the water of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So every month or so they have to drain certain sections of the water. And at the end, there's at the bottom, there's random things like quarters and coins, and apparently ashes is, is part of it as well. So um, anytime you're in Disneyland now and you see some dirt, it might not be dirt. It might be someone's dead ashes. So enjoy that mental picture in your head. Lovely. Uh, but yeah, I can uh, we can do some potential other stories like that, urban legends, and do some history of rides and things like that, just to mix things up. But we'll see. Let us know. If that was the dumbest story you guys have ever heard, That's cool. let me know. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool and I thought you'd get a kick out of it as well 
again, a little tease for next week. There you go. That was clever. Okay. We're almost at the end of the show. Let's get through it. Uh, Next week, I will preview the holidays of Disneyland, Disney, California. Those holidays start November 9th, so they start next Friday. Again, Halloween is over. Some of the stuff will be overlays in terms of holiday theming and things like that. But Christmas will officially go up next Friday, November 9th. And that will last all the way through the first week of January. It is the most it is the most popular time in Disneyland, Disney California. Even more popular than the summertime is the holidays. People go to Disneyland, Disney California in droves for the holidays. Um, so yeah, I think that's all we have. Yep. We have some couple films coming out next week. I'll try yep. I'll try and get Joe to go to at least one. Um, I know he's excited for the week after during Thanksgiving week when a bunch of films come out like things like uh, what comes out this week uh, this week it's the Grinch and the uh, girl and the dragon's tattoo okay. but the weeks after it's um, what about what about the boy fantastic beast it's limited release right now yeah it's limited release right now okay. it's it's in New York and LA um, a film that just got expanded wide is beautiful boy which is the Steve oh, Carell Timothy yeah. Chalamet film that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz as well that's been released to the Bay Area limited release um, Boy Erase is a film that you and I both want to yeah. see, but it's it's not uh, not out yet. It's still in New York and L.A., so if you're listening in New York and L.A., go check it out. Let us know what it is. Uh, the week after, we get Fantastic Beast, and then the week after that, we get the Thanksgiving onslaught, which is everything from Widows to Wreck-It Ralph to Creed to Robin Hood, all those films. Uh, lots yeah. of films, um, not a lot of box office, so... You know, we'll see which film comes out on top, which film doesn't. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion it will be Harry Potter and Record Ralph. But that's just my guess. So that's a good show for us. That's all we have. I hope you guys yep. enjoyed. Hope you guys had a great Halloween as well. Yeah. And that's all we have. And we look forward to being here back here at the same place, same time next week. Rate, review, share, comment, like, subscribe. And we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Take care.